The mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. A reoccurring guest on Mule Talk this week, and the lady needs no introduction. She's at the top of her game, Meredith Hodges from Lucky Three Ranch. Welcome back, Meredith. Well, thanks, Cindy. Good morning, and uh, we're here again. All right. Atta girl. Okay, now let's get to the meat of it. We're going to talk about West Point Academy and their mascot, which is the mule. So let's get started. All righty. Well, I, I want to get started by saying that, you know, we those of us who love mules know that they have been much maligned over the years, and people have misunderstood them. They didn't know what they were all about. And so they dubbed them with names, you know, and called them stubborn as a mule. And it's really difficult to change the, that general way of thinking about them. Right. Even today, even today, people are saying those things. Oh, yeah. They don't know why we're riding them or anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't, so they just don't really get it. But, you know, mules are so much more affectionate and personable than horses are when you develop a relationship with them. It's a give and take conversation. Sure. Uh, and not only that, they have a way of kind of um, shaping us, us up, if you will, humbling us when we're not acting like we maybe should. Right. And, and that's what, you know, that's how my training program kind of evolved was because I got tired of fighting with them and trying to be a leader and uh, and thinking of myself as, as the upper hand, you know, in the whole relationship, when I really should have been thinking about it as we, we are equals and we need to negotiate with each other uh, to get the best result from both of us. And since I've done that, my mules have really, really just become amazing to me they're my friends they do not attack me a long time ago uh, a trainer i knew told me that if i kept feeding treats to these mules i was going to get mauled one day but you were out here you saw what happened <laughs> right <laughs> they're all little soldiers they all line up they've got perfect manners they don't push they don't shove and they don't even fight with each other now and most of my mules are between the ages of 27 and 33 years old. And if they were going to mess you up, this would be the time to do it. Exactly. But I learned to behave with them. And that was because of what my grandmother said when she told me, you know, you got to begin with good posture and you have to couple it with good manners. And I found that when I did that, they realized that I care about them as a whole that I not only cared about them because I want to ride them, but I cared about how they felt in their general overall health and well-being. And that's why I structured my program the way that I did. But the other thing um, that came to be that I was thinking about when we decided to discuss West Point was the stories that my grandmother used to tell me about World War One and about World War Two and going through the Depression and everything. And that kind of um, got me to thinking about, okay, well, you know, I've moved from one thing to another as my mules have led me into these different places. So my, my journey with them has been a whole lot more than riding, training, showing, getting trophies and all that stuff. Um, and 
everything that my grandmother says keeps popping up in my head. And this time, it was the stories that my grandmother used to tell me, and it showed me how important it was way back then. Um, it was very clear that the elders in the family were really important to have because they told you stories about the hardships that they suffered and how they dealt with it. And in reference to the soldiers uh, and the, the veterans that we have today and everything that went over to fight for our country, at the time that they were doing that during World War One and World War Two, uh, the general populace that was left behind was helping. We were rolling band, or they were rolling bandages. They were making arms and shipping them over to the soldiers and everything. And then when the soldiers came back from war, we gave them a ticker tape parade and and lauded them for their efforts. And it's, it's really not about them being heroes as much as it is them caring about their country and doing something meaningful to maintain the freedoms that we have and and fight for them and when they're fighting for that sort of thing and they've got the public behind them doing the same thing then we're all united we're fighting for the same things and the mules were right there with them in the wars and they're the ones that fought right alongside our soldiers and they came back and when they came back they were called stubborn you know, oh yeah didn't even make it back <laughs> oh um, yeah but the horses were the ones that got the notoriety not right the right you know and so we sometimes as people don't really appreciate the efforts that are being done in our behalf and as big tech uh established all of these little toys that we're playing with now people don't even know how to have a conversation face to face a meaningful conversation face to face anymore because most of them are doing it on their phone through a text or whatever right and and this is why in my training program i do not take a cell phone into the arena with me i made it this far without taking them on the trail rides or anything granted they're probably good in an emergency but i do believe they ought to be turned off until you need the phone to sure. put it where you can grab it if you do get wrecked yeah you know but just using a little common sense about the whole thing but i think <clears throat> we do need to not put so much emphasis on all of these what i call toys and we need to keep our, our uh, relationships with each other um, deep and meaningful. And that means that you have to have an interest in the other person, be willing to not put your point of view over on people so much, but maybe ask them about themselves because you don't know what you're gonna learn that will make your relationship better. And certainly the way the country was going way back then you know everybody was participating people were united they weren't nitpicking everything our not only our soldiers but our police force our firefighters the people in the hospitals that help people every day of their lives and their career they don't they don't do that because they like those jobs they do that because that's their mission in life and that's where their gifts have, have led them and I think when you look upon it like that, then you're more interested in asking other people 
what's going on with you? What do you do, you know? And learning things from them rather than pushing your own point of view on other people. And I think that works with meal training too. When you learn to negotiate, then things work out really, really well. The other thing that I learned um, with these meals, I was humbled so many times I couldn't even count the times, but I noticed that I was becoming a better person. I was more caring about other people, and I think that those of us who have mules have our own um, ego tempered by these guys, and that might be why our shows and why the people that have mules are so much nicer to be around, and unlike horse shows, if somebody forgot a bridle or something for a class, uh, a mule person is more than willing to look in their tack, tack room and pull one out and give it to the person that's competing against them. Because we're all in it together. And we're all on the line because we ride mules. <laughs> right, know? right. So it, it gives us this, this feeling of being united together. And we do have an interest in each other and each other's mules and our mules and what we're doing with them. And we want other people to like them. So we try to be good ambassadors. Sure. When we go out in public and try to show people, you know, what we have found. And so that's why I didn't stay in showing uh, so much. Uh, when I and I quit showing in 2000, and I have been with Hearts and Horses Therapeutic Riding Program for 24 years now. And it was just a you know, a really small program when it started, but it's huge now. And we moved it uh, from just, a, you know, taking care of disabled people to taking care of more than that. We realized that kids were getting in trouble on the streets and joining gangs and everything, and uh, they just couldn't figure out how to be decent people and needed some direction, so we opened up an at-risk program for the kids. And then we found a lot of farmers were being overrun with developers and losing their farms and couldn't be on their farms anymore and were being put in apartments and assisted living. And so we opened it up to elderly people to come out there and they often had uh, Alzheimer's or beginning dementia and whatever, but they just got a complete thrill out of coming out for our programs and being able to ride again. And the therapeutic value of an equine is way underrated. They are better therapists than anybody we could school in college or anything. They just have a sense about them. And when people are allowed to just interact with them, uh, they just do amazing things for people and they give them happiness that they would otherwise not have. And we found this true particularly with the veterans who they have labeled with PTSD these days, but the veterans that we have that come out there and ride um, are doing so much better than any of them that are in other programs that do not involve equines. Uh, Wounded Warriors has actually taken on equine programs for their veterans as well with tremendous success. Sure. And, you know, so it really is working, and it's a way that these veterans can come back from war and have somebody to talk to who will listen 
you know, because our society is not conducive to that. Families are broken up. Uh, a lot of times there's not a father in the home. There's not even a grandfather around. Uh, male role models are really, really important. Um, but when I began, I, actually, this whole thing with West Point began when my graphics artist gave me a West Point T-shirt and a ball cap for my birthday this year. And I thought, wow, this is very timely. You know, I'm sitting here sponsoring <laughs> yeah. all of these veterans over at uh, Hearts and Horses. And, and I've been talking to them for like five years and... You know, they are all just wonderful, wonderful people. And I, I, when I started doing the West Point thing and reading about it, you know, it occurred to me that my friend Steve Towns uh, really got into the mule mascot program to the uh, extent that he actually buys the mules for West Point and donates them. So they're there. They also have a... a a mascot in costume at the, at the football games. The mules are there too, though. They're definitely right there on the sidelines and they get a lot of notoriety. Although oh. when we were digging up all the information about West Point and the games and everything, digging up the photographs and, and stories about the actual mules was really more difficult than I thought it would be. I oh, mean, really? Steve was a tremendous help. And he gave us a lot, of, a lot of things, you know, to put in this display. But when we went looking um, for stories about the mules, uh, like I said, they were limited. And most of the stories in the pictures they did were about the guy in the costume. And I thought, well, isn't that par for the course? The mule was <laughs> standing on the sidelines. And that's, that's where they are in all of this. That's, that's right. Oh, man. And I'm just like, okay, all right, we're going to do this, and we are going to make a display like no other. Good. And so we went, and we really dug. We found out where every Army-Navy game has ever been played, and we contacted the press in all of those different cities and found out what stories they wrote. And so not only are we doing the story about West Point, but we are filling up binders full of mule stories that we're calling mule tales, of mules that are connected to the military, mules connected to anybody of service, mules that have been taken on by people just regular people, uh, like all the stories I've got, like the little gal that uh, just got mules into the hunter-jumper thing, uh, about Laura Hermanson going to Kentucky and competing against the horses in dressage. Uh, I, I want to tell the whole story at the West Point display of how mules have impacted people's character and how they have just come to be a part of everything in our modern society, even though they were phased out during the Industrial Revolution because yeah. they were no longer plowing the fields and doing all the work that the tractors do. Yeah. So, you know, so they, they are really taking their place. But what's more, like I said, it drew my attention to the character of the people that were involved. And... These people, these cadets, and in other 
other parts of the military are taught, you know, it sounds like a very, very strict, up, you know, upbringing they have through boot camp and everything. And I guess it sounds like it might be abusive. Well, if that's abusive, then I guess my grandmother was abusive. Oh. <laughs> because because right. she insisted that I behave. Oh. You know? <laughs> um, but I'm looking at this and I'm going, wow, you know, this isn't all that bad. You know, uh, these people are learning how to be good, caring people. And what these soldiers learned from all of this and I'm going to read you a little thing. I've been reading um, Johnny Joy Jones' book, uh, Unbroken Bonds of Battle. And this is where, it's a great book. He describes the things that uh, he learned in his growth as a human being through the military. And Johnny, Johnny Joy Jones lost both his legs, but he's the most delightful human being you'll ever want to meet. Um, he says, when you're, you're in, it was, when you're in the military, it, and they're there for life, but he said when it was active, he said it wasn't really a job. There's a reason why we call those efforts, we all undertake, let's see, in reality, it wasn't really a job, and there's a reason why we call those efforts, we all undertake a mission. A job is a thing you do. A mission is a life you choose and the actions you undertake to ensure that lives and ways of life are preserved. You show up, you do your job, and you go above and beyond what's expected and what's needed. And isn't that what I'm doing with this mule? Oh, exactly. Very well said. Yes. I thought that was just, just amazing when I read that. And... He, then he goes on to say that, uh, most importantly, we have to understand the hard work and sacrifice that's happening here at home every day while we're away, and especially when we get back. Americans work hard. They fight rains and winds to keep the power on. They stay up nights saving lives in ambulances. They run headstrong into burning buildings. They hold the hands of the dying, mourning, and desperate to comfort them. They work tirelessly to cure illnesses. They work thanklessly to deliver packages, teach children, cook food, and provide for their own families. We can't lose sight of the often benevolent yet fiercely fighting spirit that lives within each American. We have to remember that we aren't fighting for freedom alone. We're fighting so that these people, the American citizens we share a life with, experience freedoms fully what good after all is a freedom without people to live it Mm, well said isn't it wow and he says he says parents instill values in our young people and serve as the role models beyond the confines of their own homes out into the community I'm not sure most Americans feel that way anymore, but I do know with every veteran who earns a seat in Congress, there comes with them a renewed understanding of service, sacrifice, and the value of freedom. There's a saying at West Point, the history we teach was made by the people we taught. Wow. (laughs) It's pretty amazing, isn't it? It is. It's awesome. And what gets me, you know, I thought, 
I'm going to ride mules. I'm going to train mules. And my dad's going, you're never going to make a living that way. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I might not be making a living, but I can honestly tell you, I think I'm becoming a better person. Oh, definitely. Oh, yes. And you have helped shape my values, too. I am so indebted to you for for a lot of well, things. It's, it's, you're not really indebted, you, you know, because my my success is seeing your success and being able to share both our successes like this on this podcast is just amazing well yeah okay that's good you know we're sure. we're, we're both we're both teaching other people the things that we learned and and ultimately you know when we learn these things i think we both become happier people because of the fears that we face uh, because of, you know, the undaunting criticism that comes when you're connected to a mule, <laughs> you know. <laughs> people always have something to say about oh. why you're doing it, what you're doing, and oh, oh, yeah. you get a horse, you know, your, your mule is staring my horse, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we've had, we've had to come up against a lot of barriers and a lot of things that, uh, were really difficult in our own lives. And, you know, it, sure, I, I would say that the soldiers definitely um, are up against things. They're, they're much more horrific than most of us encounter in our lives. But I can't say that there aren't things in our lives as non-soldiers that are not every bit as devastating as the things that they come up on, uh, we just aren't required to deal with in-your-face issues for extended amounts of time like the soldiers do. And, and we can get really depressed too. And we can get really suicidal too. But I know you do this and, and I know I do this that whenever I start feeling depressed, I go out to the barn. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> right? Right. There's always sunshine and roses and a good kick in the ass out there. Oh, I love it. You, Yeah, well said. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're, we're, like I said, we're trying to put this display together so that when people come here, they will be able to not only see the mule mascots that West Point has had since 1938, they've had... 15 mule mascots and we're doing a really really nice display with stories about them we've got a digital photo frame for them only and another one for west point history we're filling up these binders with mule tales of all different kinds so that the mules you know if people have questions about mules they'll be able to look it up right there and we've got it so they can pull the books right out of the bookcase and sit down and read for as long as they want. They can get things copied and take them home with them. Uh, it's very interactive the way that we're doing this. And like I said, it's it's an honest tribute other than just saying thank you for your service. Uh, we're saying with this display, we understand what our soldiers have done and the tremendous gifts that they've given us in directing us how, how to become better people ourselves, as have the mules. And this is their story, this is their story together, 
And, you know, when people come out here, we get a lot of assisted living groups that come out here 20, 30 at a time. We even had a mystery tour that came out here with 75 people. Oh, wow. And they invariably say, what after they've watched the movie and I've given a speech, then they say, well, everything you're talking about here that you do with your mules is also pertinent to the way we live our daily lives, including the physical exercises that you do and everything. And can we really think of it that way? And I say, absolutely. They said, the only thing that's really hard about the physical development part is that my physical therapist tells me that I, if I wanna do it, I have to be in good posture and that will help. Uh, but I have to point my toes in the direction to travel, I have to bend my knees, tuck my butt, roll my shoulders back, tip my chin up and look where I'm going. And they said, that's an awful lot to have to remember. <laughs> and I said, yeah, most of us can't remember all that. <laughs> that's way too much to remember every day, every minute of every day while you're walking. You know, so I told them, I said, no, really all you have to do is point your toes in the direction of travel, which will line up the bones in your body, and look where you're going. Right. And when I, we do that kind of uh, core, core strength postural training with the animals, this is what we do. And people don't realize that when they're doing my hourglass pattern and walking through that with their animals with the postural aid, they're both getting the benefit. You're both getting it and, get, and improving your posture. And so you're doing a healthy thing for you both. And it's also really important what you eat, how you routinely do things, you know, and they say you have to go to the gym, but after riding and everything, do you really feel like going to the gym and working out? Not really, and I just say, you don't really have to. If you pay attention to your good posture while you're doing all the things that you do during the day, lift with your legs, not with your back, you know, make sure that when you walk, you, you don't just spin around. If you're going to change direction, just do a nice turnaround, keep equal weight over both your feet, you know, and things like that. Those sensible things are already built into our world. Oh, yeah. And we have the added privilege of having equines in our lives that are the best physical therapists as well. Oh, sure. They every muscle and every bone in your body and get it all aligned if you ride correctly and if you work at it. And you can't just start out that way. These things don't just happen by osmosis. you got to practice, you know. But it's kind of a fun practice that you do. And so building your character with mules, too, is a fun practice. And I think... Steve Towns saw the value of the cadets working with these mules and learning how to be better people because, you know, he even said, the cadets are having a little bit of a problem with the mules. They kind of take off when they don't like what's going on. <laughs> how many of us have experienced that? <laughs> what a hoot. <laughs> so, I mean, that was back in 216 that he told me that, and I... I said, well, maybe maybe your cadets need to learn how to employ my program because it may take a long time, but it's all done step by step. Right. And it's not done in a forceful way. It's done in a <laughs> kind way, and we suggest that the mule get you know carry his own 
self-carriage and build up the core strength and, and all that. And if you do that with them, they recognize that and they appreciate that you care about their bodies and you're not just jumping on them and using them. You're actually caring about them. And I think they know it. My mules would never hurt me. They, they, you've seen them with me. Right, right. Yeah, they are so well-mannered. And this whole program of adding West Point to your museum, that's, I, I am really amazed. And I'm so proud of you because just like you couldn't have said it any better, but when you work with mules, they will make you into, you will grow into a better person. I mean, it's just... You can't help it. You either love them and you'll stick it out, or you hate them and you'll get rid of them. Right, and then you're just not going to better yourself as right. as a person or a leader or whatever. But, uh, but um, anyway, Meredith, we're going to do a close, so don't hang up after we do this, so... Have we, have we included everything you needed to include? I think so. Okay, good. All right. Well, Meredith, um, we've run out of time, but before we go, I feel like I need a, a – I'm ready for my tongue lashing because in my latest book, I – uh, put out everything I know I learned from mules and there's a chapter in there about sharing your lunch and um, of course we should not be feeding our mules sandwiches so I, <laughs> I I'm ready well, for my tongue lashing do things that we shouldn't be doing right until we find out something different <laughs> You know, and that's all part of the growth thing. I used to feed my guys all kinds of different stuff, too. And it was an in-your-face string of colics that taught me that you've got to keep that digestive tract regular by having a regular diet that goes through it that is not changed in any way. If it's always the same food and the, and the, and the intestines are always extended to a certain point and aren't expanding and contracting and causing gas, the incidence of colic and twists and those things are just practically eliminated. Oh, and yeah. that's why I say don't feed them anything else. No carrots, no apples, no sandwiches, no peppermints. Peppermints have got a lot of acid in them and they will create gas. Ugh. And when there, where there's gas in that intestine, there is the propensity for a twist. Yeah. Because it's expanding, contracting, and getting narrower and bigger, and it just makes it move the wrong way. Sure. It's, it's really kind of common sense stuff, but I didn't learn it for a long time either. So I'm not going to give anybody a tongue lashing. We learn as we go. Well, uh, Meredith, I want to thank you again for coming on to Mule Talk, and um, you have a website. What is it? The website is at www.lucky3ranch.com with three spelled out. Um, we also have a, a Facebook page. My friend's page is maxed out, but I have a Meredith Hodges public figure page, and I do posts up there every day, 
and and right on through the weekends and everything and everything i post up there is entirely free you can get up on my website and look under training and there's a whole bunch of free information up there and of course you're welcome to buy my books and videos if you want them in your library and you want good quick reference they're there for you too but i am one that believes that knowledge is something to be shared and not sold and if you want to call us, you can call us at 1-800-816-7566. And I always talk to people who call me. I answer all my mail. Um, I believe that if people take the time to connect with me and correspond with me, I should do them the courtesy of calling them back if they have to leave a message. So please leave messages, too. They will not be ignored. Well, thank you again. You're amazing. And we will have you back on because we have so much to cover. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. Central States Horseman Magazine is your news source for what's going on in the horse and mule world. Get training tips, trail ride information, nutrition, and care articles. To get your online copy, go to centralstateshorseman.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email. Everycowgirlsdream at gmail.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me. Meal Talk is an Every Cowgirl's Dream production.